are back. We are back. We are back. Another week, a new episode. So glad to be here. I hope you guys have been doing well. Dante and I have been hanging in there. We're alive. I know that y'all didn't see us last week, but we are alive. We're doing well. Welcome to the show. If you guys are new to the show, the show is called Polar Opposites because Dante and I, we agree, we disagree, but most importantly, we come together to discuss our thoughts and opinions when it comes to pop culture, music, entertainment, and politics. It's a mixed bag on the show. There's something for everybody, as I always say, and it's true. If there's a reason why you love this show, continue to spread the word. Um, subscribe, tell your memas and peepaws. If you're listening on Spotify, hit the following button. Um, we also have an anonymous link in the description where you guys can send us a question, send us more. We'd love to see it. It's always good to hear from you guys. So continue to send stuff in. Dante, how are you? What's up with you? I'm doing well in my life in some aspects, other aspects I could be better, but that's just life. You know, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm always positive all the time. I can't complain. I never do complain, or at least I try not to on this show. But we have a special guest this week. It smells a little different in the air because our fave, she used to be a series regular, but now she's been demoted to reoccurring character. <laughs> so, reoccurring character. So Steffi, our fave, is joining us on this week's episode. So happy to have her on the show. Steffi, how are you? I am. Um, great. I am so happy to be back making a cameo appearance on Polar Opposites. It's been a while, but I'm happy to be here. Good. We're happy to have you. But I'm terrible at introductions. I just realized that we never allowed the new listeners to understand and know who Steffi is. Oh, so God. Steffi, can you give yourself a proper introduction? Who are you? What projects do you work on? Let the people know. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have a YouTube channel called In My Humble Opinion, where I talk about movies and TV shows and I give my thoughts on them. And then I also have a podcast called Diva Dailies, where we deconstruct divas on film, TV and in music. And Justin's been on there a couple of times. He's Mm -hmm. talked about you were on the Bryce Dallas Howard episode where we talked about Black Mirror. And then Justin was also on one of our holiday episodes where we talked about destiny's child and that was a really good one we got some deep stuff there so yeah that's me because that was a music episode and we're gonna have a music episode on this episode love Mm -hmm. it full full circle moment right full circle i have to jump in and say something here steffi you have an amazing voice for podcasting (laughs) like i mean i heard you on episodes of polar opposites before i joined yeah you have a great voice for this oh well thank you dante i feel like i have a very animated voice so, um, perhaps. no, I feel like you can walk me through like step by step instructions on a video or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you're going to take the nail and hit it with the hammer here. And, uh, yeah, it's, you should look into voice work for real. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I love how you came here in peace wearing your purple rain shirt. Yes. The goat. <laughs> Let him know. So, yeah, you guys can't see it, but I can. So I appreciate you. Yes, I know Dante's one of his faves. Is this is he your absolute fave or just like one of your faves? It's tough to say. Okay. Um, it, I can't rank my top three, but he is top three. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's a fair person to have in your top three. So I came in peace knowing that. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I came in peace as well. I'm wearing green, the color of the Grinch. Dante has called me many times on this show. They said I'm the negative one, so I'm coming in character on this episode. So it's all good. At least you're living your truth now. Hey, you got it. You got to. You got to. Dante, do us the honor. What is the first news story that we're going to cover this week? So I love looking at the fuckery from Twitter. 
Mm. Um, so I saw this one tweet from a gentleman. His at, if you guys want to uh, interact with him about how nasty he is, is 9021HO with two mm. E's. And he said, let's be honest, no man wears a pair of underwear just one time before washing them. One is capitalized. Every man wears each pair of underwear at least three to ten times before washing them. Let's keep it a buck. Okay. I'll let you guys give your thoughts before I uh, jump in there. Um, what I'm going to say is that I am an honest person. And if I truly wore my underwear more than once, I would say so on this podcast. That is not the case with me. I think that that is nasty. I'll speak for myself because everybody's sweat problems and smell problems is different. For me, after a long day of work, after a long day of being out in the Texas sun, it gets sweaty down there. Sometimes a little bit of an odor can appear. And that's not something that I would ever want to, you know, wear more than once. There's no reason for me to not, you know, wear another pair of underwear because I have more than one pair of underwear. I think it's a sign of laziness if people want to reuse the same pair of underwear. Maybe there's something that I don't see. Maybe I have a blind spot. Maybe is it financially and environmentally friendly to reuse the same underwear? Reduce, reuse, recycle? I don't know. Maybe I, I just don't get it. But for me, after one use, I wash it. That's my take. Steffi, would you like to give us the female perspective on this? Oh Are women God. out there recycling draws? You know, um, I once is after we have to throw it away or not throw it away. But I mean, like you put it in the laundry and you take a shower and you get a new pair of underwear. That's the way I operate. So listen. Just because this young man is out here walking around crusty and musty does not give him the right to speak for young men like Justin and myself <laughs> and to speak for any person, honestly, because you trifling and your parents didn't give you home training doesn't mean that we are. You know, you could be ruining somebody's day. There could be a young man texting the love of his life right now. She won't give him a chance because she came across that tweet and think, hey, that man don't wash his balls and he don't wash his underwear. So he walks around funky and musty and crusty. And just living all types of wrong. So I hope that this man was about to engage in some sort of sexual activity with some of these women on Twitter and they changed their minds because that's what you deserve. Some people are brave. I'm sure that person didn't have their avatar public on there. And I don't blame him for doing that. Hide your face. He did. He did. Um, No shame, I guess. Listen, I don't care how down bad I was. (laughs) I don't care if it comes between the choice of free balling or wearing a pair of underwear I already wore. Guess who's not wearing no underwear that next day? Me. This guy. <laughs> like, nah, we're just not doing that. You know, and like, I understand some people don't wash jeans after everywhere. I can admit I have been guilty of that before. I'm like, hey, these are new black jeans. I wore them for like three hours. Fold them up, put them back in the dresser. I ain't living trifling. But you're, you're right. talking about underwear. That's a different ballgame. Underwear, socks. I ain't getting down with none of that. <laughs> I, did, I do know that some women, though, don't wash their bra after every use. Um, I mean, I do, or like I have multiple and, you know, we just cycle them in and out, but I have one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I have one right now that I'm wearing and that's pretty much it. (laughs) Oh, you know what? This leads to a broader and more interesting discussion. At what point do you start replacing garments and things like that? Like how many uses could you have a pair of underwear if you're like, you know what? Like I got a little tear in the waistband here. Like, is it time to move on or do? Well, I know Justin don't let capitalism kill him. He got right. he got uh, undershirts that are supposed to be white that are like a beige color <laughs> <No>. now. <laughs> look at that man. Look at playing. Dante trying to come for my character. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm giving you a compliment. 
I'll give you a copy. No, don't even try that. Capitalism will not kill me, but I get rid of the stuff when it's time to get rid of them. When it comes to underwear, um, I feel like you know when the time is right. Give it a little sniff, sniff, and if okay. it smells funky, even after washing it, I think it's time to get rid of it. I think socks have a longer shelf life than underwear does. Not white socks. Well, I don't wear white socks. I just don't like dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like it's never going to be as white as when you first bought it. No matter how much Clorox you pour in there, OxyClean, whatever you're doing, it's never going to be as white again. Right. So that's why I gave up on white socks. It's black socks for me. We're going to be talking about music this week. Our main topic is devoted to music. Steffi is on this show because I consider her a music aficionado. Same with Dante. They have taste. They know music. They know their stuff. So this episode is going to be great, as expected. I have some conspiracy stuff to get into. Conspiracy. So I'm a firm believer that history repeats itself. And I'm going to list a bunch of artists in their parallel who they are basically the new version of. Oh, okay. Here we go. I mean, Coldplay is just the new version of U2. Let that sink in for a second. Disagree. All right. Um, Okay. Obviously, you know, you have the Lady Gaga Madonna thing. Yeah. That's obvious. Ed Sheeran is just a way less talented version of Van Morrison. And for you guys who do not know who Van Morrison is, one of the top, one of a great artist, um, think of the song Brown Eyed Girl. That's Van Morrison. So Ed Sheeran is just Van Morrison. Mm. Uh, who else do we have here? I mean, you could draw a parallel to like Katy Perry and some of like those 80s singers like Tiffany or whoever they right. were. Yeah, sure. Debbie and all that stuff, whatever, mm-hmm. the E's. Um, but those are just the ones I wanted to start off with. Did oh, you want? Oh, oh wait, wait, one more. Frank Ocean is Lauren Hill. Boom, drop the bomb on him. <laughs> so, do you want us to discuss these then? I mean, we can. I want to know what the listeners think too, because I can make a very strong argument about Frank Ocean being Lauren Hill. Steffi, what do wow. you think? I've, I mean, I don't like stan him or anything, but I'm definitely musically literate enough to have at least listened to each of his albums once. Mm-hmm. Gosh, wow, Frank Ocean is the new Lauren Hill. Would you be willing to say that on Twitter and see what happens? Facts. I, I'll put it on my Twitter tonight. I don't care. Man. He's not scared. Yeah. He, I think that people, I think, overvalue Frank Ocean. I get that Channel Orange was great. And I think that it's what we consider, I guess, a modern day classic. And I think that in order to be a classic, we have to let things resonate and simmer a little bit more. And I think we should let Channel Orange simmer a little bit more. I think what it is for us in our age group is that, you know, Channel Orange came out in a specific time in all of our lives. And when we think about it, we get nostalgia vibes. And that's why we have a special appreciation for that album. Is Frank Ocean... Lauren Hill. I think in the way that they are secretive about their personal life, you can make those parallels because Frank Ocean is, you know, silent. He's to himself. We don't know a lot about him and we don't know a lot about Lauren Hill besides the fact that she owes the IRS a lot of money or I think she might have, you know, (laughs) she might have settled that. Um, And she also, you know, you know, likes to show up late at her concerts. You know, other than that, she's a very private person. Um, She's well respected and you know same with frank ocean i think that's where they're the same but musically i feel like the miseducation of lauren hill is a tier above channel orange and that's not to be disrespectful i think what you said about you know our generation and claiming everything that's new as the goat and 
not talking about, you know, not respecting the past enough and just saying it because this is new and I just saw that it's the goat. This is already a classic. It's been out for 12 hours. Like what you said about people were saying about the J. Cole album, right? This is a classic. It's been out 12 hours. Um, what I will say is, you know, it's been 11 years since Channel Orange came out. Still holds up. I think that is a classic album. I think it's one of the top three albums that were released in that decade. Um, Ooh, Steffi. You know, you, I don't know, that face, I don't know if she agrees. Oh, no, I'm just listening. I'm, like, scared. You you can draw the the parallels with him and Lauryn Hill, you know, drop drop a fire album, then go quiet for years, like Mm -hmm. he did between Channel Orange and Blonde. Uh Um, I think both of their albums are super influential. Mm -hmm. I mean, Miss Education Lauryn Hill, she had white soccer moms in their Honda Odysseys talking about it could all be so simple, but you'd rather Mm -hmm. make it hard. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yo, Laura gave you her soul on that album. And Frank did the same thing on Channel Orange. Man, I still listen to Channel Orange to this day. I think they are very similar artists in the way that they act and interact with their fans and the Mm -hmm. type of uh, music that they put out. So that's why I came up with that parallel there. Lauren Hill, Frank Ocean, equal sign, slash through it. Okay, I will say that Miss Lauren is a way better singer than Frank Ocean. Lauren Hill can sing her asshole. I mean, we we can get into this hot take now. I think that Frank Ocean is not that great of a singer to be honest I think that what people like about him is his voice and he chooses music to suit his voice I don't think anybody listens to Frank Ocean he's like oh my god that powerful voice Steffi what do you think or Dante whoever I I feel okay wait I have a question for you guys do you think in this era of social media and the internet that the persona and the aesthetic of the artist seems to be more important than the actual music itself absolutely for sure absolutely for sure i mean that's part of the package that came along with Billie eilish when she first started you know Mm. it's the vibe yeah justin to to get back to what you said i'm with you 110 percent. frank ocean is not a great vocalist like if for anybody that if this comes out as a video clip here's frank ocean as a singer here's me (laughs) as a singer like there ain't that much of a difference like i'm i'm pretty decent frank ocean he's He's not a great singer. I mean, he's not a powerhouse vocalist. Like, you don't put on Frank Ocean and expect to hear The Weeknd or to hear Miguel or right. John Legend. Mm-hmm. I agree with you there. But he does choose mm-hmm. the songs that fit his vibe, and he's not going to do too much vocally on a song, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm a big fan. Yeah, I mean, I love Frank Ocean. I'm going to be honest at the same time. Just because I like him doesn't mean I can't tell the truth about him. He's not a vocalist like that. That's just my opinion. But Steffi, that was a good question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I love the follow ups and the bounce backs. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to get both of your guys opinion on this because I listened to an episode where you were talking about this. You know, you said you like somebody. You could be honest about them. Tell me where you stand on Rihanna as a vocalist, Steffi. (laughs) I say Rihanna has improved. Okay. I think Rihanna is one of those artists who you can see her artistic growth through her albums. I would say that Anti, while I'm not quite sure what it did sales-wise in comparison to the other ones, I'm sure it's probably not her highest-selling album, but I will say from a creative standpoint, I think that's like arguably one of her best. I think her voice improved. Maybe she's not giving us like live vocals in in the sense of someone like a Beyonce per se but I don't think she's necessarily positioning herself to be the kind of artist that Beyonce is I think she she's kind of also one of those artists too that I I I file under the it's more of like a vibe kind of what you were saying Mm. earlier I think that's that's what 
Rihanna kind of gives me. Not to say that her music isn't good, but I think just the whole persona around Rihanna is part of the reason why a lot of people buy into Rihanna as like an artist. You know, before you go, Justin, I got a mm-hmm. hot take. The best Rihanna song of all time, in my humble opinion, yeah, is uh, if it's loving that you want on her first album. Wow, is it okay. music of the sun? I love that yeah, fucking yeah. song. I don't know what what it is about it, but I love that song. Isn't is Sean Paul in that song? Mm-mm. I don't think it's so. just a straight okay. Rihanna song. If it's loving that you want, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, followed by uh, her verse on Lemon because she fucking rips that. You know Get what? It, I live it. Yeah. You, nobody talks about this, but I feel like that Lemon song was made for Fergie. Because the first time I heard about this, I'm like, this sounds like the flow in which Fergie would rap or talk rap or sing, whatever you want to call it. Did any of y'all have that uh, opinion? Or is, but I don't think Fergie blown. was like relevant at that point anymore, right? She wasn't. <laughs> Here comes she Steph Steph. No, I'm she just being honest. <laughs> Maybe that was supposed Fergie to be her comeback from the national anthem thing. Ooh, yeah, man, rough. Banner <laughs> yet at wave. Um, oh man. No, but speaking of Rihanna, when it comes to Rihanna as of late, I've noticed that everybody's like, where's the album? Where's the album? Where's the album? And for me, it's like, when did y'all ever have this hunger for Rihanna albums in the past? This is the first time where I'm ever seeing somebody have anticipation for one of her projects. Because in my opinion, she's a singles artist. I think Mm -hmm. that Anti was her first like official body of work. And I think that since that's what she left us off with, it makes people excited because they're like, is this the direction that she's going to be going in in the future? So people Uh are anticipating that that's what she's gonna give but for me i'm not excited like if rihanna retired from music i would be fine because for me she her music is not music that i really gravitate towards but at the same time you know i appreciate the hits and i love that but i'm not gonna be fake and be like where's r9 where's the album where's the album when in reality i really don't care if she delivers or not i think though people are also kind of used to the rihanna that used to be like every single year there was a new album like wasn't there a period of time in her career when it seemed like almost every single year she had a new album. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you have a question here on the sheet that you sent me about um, eras and is it okay for us to expect like such a quick turnaround, especially in this era of the internet and streaming? And I think maybe because Rihanna earlier in her career kind of, there was a time when she positioned herself to be an artist where you you can expect new music from her like on a yearly basis maybe that's part of the reason why people still think that to be true well it's also been five years yeah (laughs) i mean i'm i'm fine rihanna do your thing girl the fashion makeup is making you that coin that seems to be like rihanna's passion at the end of the day was always kind of like the look Mm -hmm. not necessarily the music even though we enjoy the music but I don't know. I know I, she has know, some like crazy fans. So I don't. I don't like the excuse of you know not being able to release an album every year because Justin's fave Ariana she puts out an album every year for you. I mean it's but carried by one single. It's carried by one single each time, right? But she does put out an album like clockwork. I'm just confused because I never remembered when I said that Ariana is my fave, but. I guess we'll roll with it for the sake of this episode. She's she's really not my fave. For the Gen Z people, that's their idol. But they better watch out because that Olivia Rodrigo's creeping around the corner. I don't know if y'all da- saw the latest Dante, numbers. I, I know earlier you were making um, comparisons to newer artists and older artists. Would you say it's fair that Ariana Grande is the equivalent of a Mariah Carey? 
Not at all. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. Mariah went on a run in the 90s where she dropped nothing but great albums. She set records Classics. with her number one hits. Yeah, Classics. yeah. Yeah, like Mariah... <laughs> She's a heavyweight. Like, there's not many people's names you can mention in the same sentence as hers. And Ariana Grande just don't stack up. Yeah, I would agree. You know, we said that Mariah released classics. Ariana doesn't even have one classic. And that's not to be disrespectful. I really want to know, do y'all think that Ariana has even released a classic album or a classic forever song or single? I can't think of a forever song. See, that's the thing, too, though, with like this era is I feel like a lot of Ariana's songs are kind of built around like... I don't know, like, I don't want to say, like, memes, but they are kind of, they go viral for, like, a very specific (laughs) period of time, and then it's like, oh, anyone ever references, and then it kind of goes away. It doesn't necessarily, like, have that staying power that maybe songs from a previous era did. Like, I remember when Thank You Next came out, and it was, like, the video, and everyone was, you know, being like, oh my god, she's referencing all these movies, and it's so much fun, and yeah, it was fun for, like, the moment, but I'm not quite sure if Thank You Next is going to be a song that we'd necessarily, like, revisit 10 to 15 years down the line to be like, ugh, that's a classic, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I don't know. I was out on her when she released a song called Break Up With Your Girlfriend on Board, because I don't support that type of energy. I think that's <laughs> mad disrespectful. So... <laughs> Oh That's my god. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of her. I'm somebody that recognizes her talent, but I'm disappointed with the fact that she's releasing music that's not meeting her talent level. So if I was in her position, I would capitalize on this moment. You're the top pop girl in the industry right now. Make top pop girl music, okay? Yeah. That's just what I have to say about that. Oh yeah, we didn't ask Steffi, like, who are your faves? I feel like the people need to know. <laughs> They're gonna be like, no, this makes sense why she doesn't. <laughs> yes they need to know oh man okay well my two absolute faves are michael and whitney that means michael jackson and whitney houston just in case i don't know you don't know who they are that'd be really sad if you don't know who they are um but yeah (laughs) those two are my faves um i really enjoy like a janet I enjoy a Mariah. Speak on it, sis. I, Speak I really on that, like Janet, Prince. Sis. I feel like I can't, pro- I probably don't compare to Dante in my Prince love because I will say to try and get into Prince, that's like a very large body of work. It's to a spiritual with. journey. Yeah. So you, you got to be ready to commit some time there. But I mean, I also really love like Stevie Wonder. Um, yes. Gosh, I'm trying to think. I really like, I mean, Tony Braxton, who I saw in concert like a year or two ago. I really wow. enjoy Babyface. Um, God, who else? Tevin Campbell. Justice for Tevin Campbell. <laughs> um, the forgotten one. The forgot- forgotten Tevin Campbell. Like, that's kind of like the era of artists that I really enjoy. But I mean, in terms of like, would you would you categorize that Beyonce is still a quote unquote current artist? Or do you think... I think she's a current artist. If you're still releasing music regularly, you're a current artist. Yeah. So I would say like of like the current people, Beyonce is definitely my fave. She's the one that I've seen the most. And I feel like she's the one that I've also kind of grown up with in the background of my life. So I kind of have that personal connection with her. But yeah, those are I would say those are my my people. What about you guys? Who are some of your faves? Justin, you go first. Okay, yeah. so Dante always likes this. He thinks that I'm like a Beyonce stan. I uh-huh. like because he is. I, I like her music. <laughs> <laughs> I like her music. I would say that 
My faves, of course, since we already mentioned her, B. Miguel is one of uh-huh. my faves. I feel like he's one of the most underappreciated artists of our time. Somebody that's consistent. Somebody that I compare to Kendrick in the sense that every project is great. Same with Miguel. Every project is great. He has not released a bad album, in my opinion. He just keeps being consistent. I don't know if they're getting better, but they're definitely hitting the soft spot. Um, who else do I really love? I love Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. Um who else do I like? I love Coldplay. I have, I don't know, I feel like I gravitate towards R&B more than anything. I don't really like Lord. Yes, thank you for that. I love Lord. You got to put Lord in there. Yeah, I like alternative and I like R&B. Don't really like hip hop yeah. that much. Um, obviously, I listen to the deep stuff. So that's why I like Kendrick and the people that push, uh-huh. you know, the boundaries and stuff. So um, I love the envelope pusher. So people that are, you know, changing it up with each era, those are the people that I gravitate towards. Mm. Nice, nice. Good Solid. answer. I'm all over the place. Like my first love is Motown music, but then I quickly yes. grew out of that. And not quickly. I mean, I always love it. <laughs> but like, like classic <laughs> rock is my shit, right? So, you know, if you ask me like my Mount Rushmore, like, hey, what is Dante going to listen to? He's stuck on a desert island. going to listen to four artists ever again. It would be Prince, Jimi Hendrix, the Rolling Stones, for sure. And I'll get back to you guys on that fourth one because it's tough. It's so tough. Mm. Um, mm. I recently, over the past year and a half, got a lot more into Aretha Franklin. Like, I love her music. Yeah, um, yeah. Michael was my first musical. Love, love uh-huh. Michael Jackson music. So I don't want people uh-huh. to think I'm slandering Michael when I call Prince <laughs> the Goat. I love them both. Yeah. I just think that, you know, if you've ever satisfied your sexual partner, that you understand and appreciate Prince. You know, right. If you didn't, mm-hmm. then you you don't. So just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> who else do I? So if you're talking about like more modern artists, uh, I almost got a tattoo of Amy Winehouse on me before. I love Amy Winehouse, even though we won't be getting any new music because she's dead. Yeah. Awkward. So uh, Amy, Adele, Anderson, love Anderson. Her, I think, is the best artist in the world right now. Mm. And I, it started off as a joke. But I really do enjoy Taylor Swift. I, I really do. He's a stan. I'm not a stan. He's a stan. I ain't willing to fight over her. <laughs> oh, The Weeknd, Miguel, and John Ledge is one of my all-time faves, too. So that's more of the, more of the modern stuff. And Drake, to mm-hmm. me, is my second favorite rapper of all time. So I got to show, show love to him, too. Steffi, I don't know oh. if you've been paying attention to the polls on the podcast page. You guys that follow the podcast page have seen. We recently put a poll on there asking if Bruno Mars is a legend. We also asked a couple things, which I'll get into in a second. But Steffi, is Bruno Mars a legend? It was honestly 50-50, the final result of the poll, and a lot of people participated in it. Um, why do you think people have a hard time coming to the conclusion on whether or not you know he's a legend or not? And is he a legend? Gosh, I mean, I think the talent of Bruno Mars is undeniable. So it makes sense on paper. But just like how I felt when he was asked to perform at the halftime show by himself a couple years back, I remember saying, like, that's too early in his career to give him that opportunity to perform at the halftime show. Because I feel like you really like you have to really earn that. You have to kind of be in it for a little bit longer. And that's kind of how I feel about giving him a legend status. I know he's achieved quite a bit in his career. And again, the talent is undeniable. But for me personally... I feel like not quite there yet, but on his way to becoming interesting. 
I'm not quite sure when the like what marks the okay he's a legend now but for me I just feel like not not there yet I don't know what about you guys Dante and I talk about this all the time like we have phone mm-hmm. conversations about it oh, wow. what we take seriously is the difference between an icon and a legend obviously right. a legend is somebody that has established themselves has some form of longevity has what mm-hmm. we call a forever song which is a song mm-hmm. that can be played anywhere and people in Africa and Australia know that song and that's what we consider a forever song and they also have like a classic album or something that they're known for that they pioneered and set the standard for for people to follow that's a legend And then an icon is somebody that, you know, was popular for a time. Maybe they were popular for a certain trend, but for some reason or another, they just don't have the level of accomplishment as somebody who is a legend. Maybe they don't have the longevity or the talent or the sustainability. But yeah, what did you think of Bruno? Because I guess Steffi posed the question to us, Dante. I mean, like you said, we talk about this all the time. Bruno has his forever song. Like Uptown Funk is a forever song. Mm Um. Does he have another one? Is 24K Magic a forever song? Does he have a classic mm-hmm. album? I don't think so. He only mm-hmm. has three albums. Um, and, you know, there are legends that only have three albums. Like, Jimi Hendrix has three albums, but he's the best guitar player of all time. Right? Constantly gets ranked at. Constantly has all three of his albums ranked in the top 100 albums of all time. In the top 50. So, I mean, I think what's hurting Bruno is he doesn't have the quantity to be considered that. I don't know. 24 Karat Magic, one album of the year. It was popular. It was a great album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a great album. It really was. Like, if you had to say he has a classic, I would say that would be it. That right? one. Yeah, I would agree um, too. I don't know. I voted no. I don't think he's a legend. Um, I voted no as well. And the reason why is not due to a lack of talent. It's not due to a lack of hits. Um, I think that something legends also have is uniqueness and originality and to me when i analyze bruno mars i feel like people don't have this conversation enough he's not really original what he does well is he accesses the people from the 60s the 70s the 80s that he's influenced by and kind of reformulates it to make it you know appealing for the modern people of today he's not really done anything original like when i think of who bruno mars is as an artist what does he represent I scratch my head because I'm like, what has he pioneered? Who is he if he doesn't have these influences? And I get that everybody has influences, but to me, it's like almost he's like a wedding singer or a karaoke singer who's really good at emulating, you know, legendary artists. But him himself, what does he do? Like, what is his thing? And he doesn't have that thing. So that's why I don't consider Mm -hmm. him a legend. And the fact that he doesn't have enough skin in the game just yet. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. Um, I think. You know, like you said, Bruno's a really great performer and the influences are... See, that's the thing, too, is like I feel like unless you're willing to do the work yourself, maybe you think that, oh, this is this is new. Like, I've never seen anyone kind of move like this. But if you do the, take the time to, like, go back and do your homework, especially since, you know, Internet makes everything so accessible, you would mm-hmm. see that a lot of what he is doing is derivative of something that came prior right Um, so yeah i I would agree with that well one of the other polls we put up is what was a better song 24k magic or locked out of heaven and i'm disappointed in the people that voted for 24k magic because locked out of heaven is a superior song like by agreed by far but you know whatever it's interesting because that one was also almost 50 50 as well like people were literally split on whether or not 24 karat magic is a better song than um locked out of heaven i voted locked out of heaven because i think that's a a very good song i think that bruno excelled and he did his thing on that 
Another uh, question that we asked on there is the weekend a legend? Oh no, we asked is the weekend a better artist than Bruno? And then we also I think asked is uh, the weekend a legend or not? So those are two questions that we'll direct to Steffi since y'all already know our opinion. Steffi, who is the better artist and is the weekend a legend? Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I don't necessarily engage with the weekend's music as much in comparison to Bruno, but I am mm-hmm. familiar with like the bigger songs of the weekend. Um, I mean, I prefer Bruno's performance style over the weekend. Same. I think then again, I haven't seen him live, but when I think about the weekend, I, I kind of think about the production that goes around the weekend like you know like the laser lights right so the stuff that he's not actually doing (laughs) Mm. i feel bad coming for one of dante's faves but um that's for me what i think of when i when i think of the weekend i also was a bit salty in the beginning with the weekend because i remember when he was coming up a lot of people were comparing him to michael and there was this picture of like an unzipped michael jackson bad era and then like coming out of this like outfit was the weekend and i was like absolutely not absolutely not horrendous i do not see that at all like i mean i get it but no um so maybe that's part of the reason why i'm a little bit like with the weekend i think it all goes down to preference i just prefer bruno over the weekend that doesn't necessarily mean the weekend's bad but it's just personal preference as far as like is he a legend I don't know. That's so hard to see. How long has the weekend been out? See, that's like, the thing. I feel like another thing too is that people, eleven years. Yeah, eleven years. Like, at what point do you decide that someone is a legend? Like, what is the the criteria? Yeah, like, I mean, what is the criteria? Is there like a, he, a length of time? Forever song, ten years minimum in the game. Forever song, classic album. A Super Bowl performance is not a requirement, but it's something that boosts um, the chances of somebody being considered a legend. And it's interesting because Bruno and The Weeknd both have that. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. So those are the criteria. Mm. Yeah, they both have a Super Bowl halftime show. They both have Forever songs. I feel like when I think about people who are legends, there's that like one specific moment in their career right. that kind of changes everything. Right. Like so, for me, like if yeah. I were to think of like, okay, like if I were to think like Beyonce, for example. I was just about Coachella. to use that. I think, yeah, Coachella would be one of I those. I wasn't gonna I even think, gonna say that. I think Crazy in Love when that video dropped. Okay. Like it was like, she announced herself to the world. Like I'm, I'm number one. For me, <laughs> I feel like the moment that really like catapulted Beyonce into like legend status was when she did self-titled. Because that surprise release was just a game changer. Not to say that things that she did prior weren't good, but that particular moment, because it just changed, like, it changed the industry. Like, people now, they just release music whenever they want to. Mm -hmm. I think even the day that music was released kind of shifted. Right. Because of that. But yeah, I would say like for me, when I think of legends, there's always that one specific moment. Like if we were to reference older artists, it'd be like Purple Rain with Prince or like Michael had Thriller. Whitney had The Bodyguard. Like there's always like that one specific work that kind of, yeah, that kind of like more or less maybe defines the the artist. That's what we're adding to the thing, Dante. It's longevity, 
classic song and album, Super Bowl performance, and one special thing that they're known for that changes the industry or changes their career. And now that you've added that, what would that be for Bruno and what would that be for The weekend? So for me, for The weekend, a lot of the music you hear these Gen Z kids making, especially in hip hop, takes his formula from the trilogy, right? It's the spaced out audio and you know the sad boy hours type shit like juice world Mm -hmm. type music billy eilish type music a lot of that is the weekend vibe circa 2010 2011 i feel like i don't know enough to to like comment on that and i think if i could add something as well i feel like for newer artists or like artists of today i think it's harder for them to be to like control the market in a way where it's like they're inescapable in comparison to like artists from maybe like the 80s 90s or even like the early to mid 2000s because the internet and streaming has made everything so um fragmented yeah yeah like everything is accessible but also there's a way like i can live my life like for a full year without having heard the new olivia rodrigo album because i have the choice to say oh well i have like the entire music library in the palm of my hand and i'm gonna choose not to engage with that whereas like previous times before maybe like the ipod or the internet when you get in the car on the radio you're gonna hear an olivia rodrigo song if she is the artist that everyone is talking about you know what i mean exactly you brought up an interesting point about accessibility and streaming i think we have to get to the point where we throw away all these records soon because like the billboard records, because yeah. it's somebody, you know, selling units today isn't the same as when the Beatles were selling out record stores physically right. in yeah. two minutes with their mm-hmm. new releases. You know, when they had 14 or 17 number one albums, however many it is, it's not yeah. the same now. Or like when an artist, I think Taylor Swift did this like probably 10 years ago at this point, she released an album and five of her songs were the top five songs on the hot, on the Billboard chart. And they're like, this hasn't been done since the Beatles. It's a lot different because people can stream right. this. When yeah. the Beatles did it, people had to go buy these units. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I think that these records kind of don't mean anything anymore. I agree. 100%. I agree. And you'll notice that me and Dante did not factor in charts um, as well. Even yeah. sales to some degree doesn't really indicate somebody being I- a legend. I think the sales, when you factor that in, has to stop at a certain year. And I don't know what year that is, but it's in the mid-2000s. Like when CDs stop being sold as a preferable choice to get your music and it switch over to MP3s, I think that's where you have to stop because like Eminem was moving units, mm-hmm. late 90s, early 2000s, right? Jay-Z moved a lot of physical units for the Black Album. So after yeah. that, when MP3 started rolling around, like I guess we're talking 06, 07, 08 type era, uh-huh. that's where I think you have to start. Uh, phasing out what sales really mean because people aren't physically going somewhere to go buy this like you had to physically go out of your way to order this cd to have it shipped to you or go uh, out to the store and buy that one physical copy of this thing Mm -hmm. and they're not tracking your streams you could listen to it however many times you want nobody gets the information on that you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. true so these artists could cheat their numbers and they could have farms of a song playing on repeat on these phones would be like hey look my song is the hottest song in the country right now like people got called out for that before on twitter about having bots buy your records or play your records yeah and i will say the billboard charts did note 
where is co- where bots are coming from and they've seen that and whenever they notice that happening they don't include that when they factor in sales which is good but streaming you know is streaming a good thing or a bad thing because think about it we pay five bucks at least i do because i finesse the student stuff still to this day five bucks a month for apple music and i get to listen to whatever i want whenever i want without yeah. actually having to pay 99 cents to listen to a song like you used to have to do you know back then i didn't have right. to buy somebody's album to listen to it I have it all at the palm of my fingertips and I feel with accessibility, you know, streaming is great because I feel like more people are exposed to music that wouldn't be exposed to in the past. And I think that it's a good thing overall. Where do you all think that streaming is a bad thing? I know you mentioned the farms and bots and stuff, but as a whole, do you think that streaming is a net good for society or not? Uh, Good for the consumer, bad for the artist. Right. Because yeah. obviously they get they're getting more cut of the pie of the work that they created when you had to go buy a physical album or buy a CD or a cassette, whatever, whatever. Um, now streaming, you know, they cornered the market where what you're getting like 10 cents per 100,000 streams or something crazy like that, how they break it down. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, so I want to give you all false information. But it's great for like people like us, like I'm a music lover, like I'm in this shit. So somebody yeah. sends me a song. It, you know, before, if this was 25 years ago, right, <laughs> we're in the 90s, somebody's like, yo, you got to go check out this artist. I got to go to the store and buy this album, hoping that I like it. Mm-hmm. Now they could send me a link. I'm listening to that whole I can look at that artist whole discography in five minutes. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I see. I feel like kids these days are going to sound old, but they don't remember how hard it was to try and listen to your fave like I remember around the time when CD was sort of starting to phase out and then iTunes came into play and then people were uploading full albums and songs on YouTube so that I for me what I used to do so I wouldn't have to spend the money at iTunes I would go on (laughs) youtube.com I'd open up my little YouTube to mp3 (laughs) convert the song put it import it to my library like that's what I literally used to do now the kids they just search a little Billie Eilish on their (laughs) streaming and boom the entire like her entire discography is there that is way less work than what we had to do and what our parents had to do just to listen to our fave or using LimeWire and giving your computer Ooh. diseases. See, I, I was yeah. too scared to use LimeWire. LimeWire. Oh, I've ruined like, oh, no, two no, no, desktops no. using LimeWire. You have um. a virus. <laughs> <laughs> that voice that would alert you whenever you have a virus was so scary, giving you FBI warnings and stuff. Oh, no. Very scary. But scary. you know what? I fried a couple computers as well. I feel like people that grew up in our time frame did as well. A part of the time, I guess. And I think it's interesting because this generation, they have everything at their fingertips and they're lucky. They don't know the struggle, but I feel like it's not good to struggle. I think it's good to have convenience. I think it's good to make things easier for people. And as time moves on, we should progress in that way. So I'm happy streaming is here because for me, I get anything I want for the price of $5. $5 is not even the price of a full album if we were yeah. paying that back then. So it's yeah. a steal for us. It's a steal mm-hmm. for us. And by the way, I just have to mention this. Steffi uses Tidal. Just had to let y'all know. <laughs> Use Tidal. I'm trying to support the, uh, the Twins Black College business. Fund. Um, do you guys think the quality of music has changed or has decreased because of streaming? No. Uh, I'm 55, 45 on this, like 55% says no, because like 
there's so many super talented artists that are putting out great work that people never even heard about. And that's the shame of it all. Like, there are so many better singers. I know we beat up on her all the time, but there's so many better singers and artists than Selena Gomez, right? I can name 20 female singers off the top of my head that are better than her right now that you should go listen to instead of her. So, no, people Mm -hmm. are still putting out great music. It's just in such a saturated market, it might be hard for people to find it. I think in regard to Selena Gomez, I think it kind of notes what we were talking about earlier with what people are paying for, what people want. They want the essence. They want the beauty. They want everything but the artistry and the music. Because, you know, no disrespect to Selena Gomez, but what are people paying for if they're going to her concert? Whispering? Like, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> like I don't get it her music is not that good to me and her talent at least singing wise is not great I think that she'd be great in acting <laughs> well that's what she did first I right? mean she should continue that <laughs> you know go with what works yeah. go with what works don't put a square hole in a round peg whatever they say I love it I don't I know, love yeah. it and you know me and Dante always talk about this just us but now that Steffi's here I want to ask her so we always talk about Demi Lovato on this show We know that Demi Lovato is very talented. We know that she can sing. But at the same time, it feels like audiences aren't connecting to her music. She doesn't sell very well first week. Her singles don't really do that well. How can somebody have so much talent, but at the same time, you know, people just for whatever reason aren't interested? Why do you think that is? Why do people buy Selena Gomez more than they buy Demi Lovato? Maybe Demi Lovato just doesn't have good material to work with. Because I think that there's there's like uh, like a partnership you can have, even though like, yes, you have you're you're a very talented singer and you have like a lot going for yourself. If you don't have the material, like the right material that's going to connect with people to show that off, then that's not really going to go anywhere. Do you guys know an artist named Avery Wilson? I think he actually went, I don't know if like viral is the right thing to say, but there's a TikTok of him singing Heartbreak Anniversary Ooh. with, is it Chloe or Chloe Hallie? Hallie? It's oh, one okay. of, it's one of the sisters that was fairly like, it was getting like a lot of traction because like, you know, obviously they're like both really good singers, but that's kind of also how I feel about Avery Wilson, where he has like ridiculous vocals. Like he is very, very, very good. But I personally believe the material that he's given or the material that he's writing for himself is just not it's not Mm -hmm. there. So maybe that's that might be a similar issue with Demi Lovato. But maybe also with Demi Lovato, it's the chaos that kind of. seems. Yeah, let's let's call it (laughs) that. Always surrounding Demi Lovato. I've long contended that she just has horrible songs. I think she's a hella talented singer. I've heard her sing other people's songs. I've heard her sing Prince. I've heard her sing Ed Sheeran. I've heard her sing Lionel Richie at these award shows. And she's a great singer. But like you can keep that heart attack shit that she'd be singing about. Like her songs are trash. So maybe she needs to work with different writers or something. I, I actually know. disagree. Mm-hmm. I actually disagree. I think it's more than just about the quality of the songs and the production and how it sounds. I think it's your personality as well. With the social media age, with posting on your selfies and all that, people want to know who you are and people gravitate towards personalities as well. And I think that, you know, you can make the best music 
and still people won't listen to it. You can be the best singer and still people will not listen to it. I think it's a combination of different things and it's luck. Honestly, you can't control who likes you. You can control your talent because that's something that you're born with, something that's innate. But when it comes to connecting to an audience, that's something that has to happen organically. And I think either she hasn't found her audience or people just genuinely aren't interested in what she has to offer because Selena Gomez makes bad music and she's a bad singer. So how do you explain how she's continuing to rise in popularity? So are you saying... That Demi Lovato needs to take a turn and start making this R&B music, like be on some JoJo type shit. You know, if that's what people will respond to, then sure. I'd love to hear her sing something different because I don't like Cool for the Summer and Heart Attack and all these silly songs. That Those are the only two songs I can name from her. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other ones. Do you think in, in this comparison then, I mean, this might be a bit of a reach, but Demi Lovato is sort of like a Christina Aguilera and Selena Gomez is sort of like a Britney Spears? No, because Christina Aguilera had her fan base and she had hits. Waiting too long to release an album, honestly, is I think what failed Christina more so than people not connecting. Because I would agree with Dante that she has an audience because, mm-hmm. you know, Back to Basics was successful. Stripped was uh, successful. Her debut album was successful. So I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's just waiting too long to release an album because people don't realize that mm-hmm. you have to strike while the iron is hot. If you wait too long to release your follow-up, new people will emerge and you'll be yesterday's news. So you have to capitalize and continue to release music. And Christina didn't do that. And I think that's why she is where she is in her career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, still one of the best singers God ever put on this earth, though. Yeah. I hope you guys liked our music discussion. Did you agree with us? Did you not agree with us? Um, What points would you like to make that weren't made in the episode? So that's why we have the anonymous thing in the description. So you guys can send us a question. Send us your musical hot take, your musical unpopular opinion, and we will read it in a future episode. I always love hearing what y'all, you know, have to say and what kind of artist y'all like? Do y'all like Taylor? Thri- I mean, Taylor Swift. Do you like, oh. you know, Lady Gaga? Who do you listen to? Let me know. But that's it. That's it for me. Dante, what do you have to say? That was real cute. Um, <laughs> that was real cute. Anyway, thank you, Steffi, for joining us. Want to give you a shout out. Everybody, let us know what you thought about the episode. Go tell your friends and tell their friends about it. Like Justin said, leave us an anonymous question so we can read it on the episode. That's our way to engage with you. Leave a rating, review. We need some more reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, share, subscribe, download the episodes, save the episodes, listen to them again. Do whatever you got to do. But we appreciate all the feedback and support. For Justin, I'm Dante, and for our special guest, Steffi, we're Polar Opposites. Thank you for listening to us, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.